It was uh, towards the end of October that Dan and I were discussing the date of the church carol service and settled it on it being the 11th December at 5pm. Even last Sunday morning, looking at the forecast first thing, nothing seemed to be an issue. But as the day went on, and the forecast changed, and the snow fell, and people started to struggle to get to church for the worship band, it was clear that things had to change. We make a plan, and sometimes we have to change it. There may be times in our life when out of the blues something happens and life takes a new direction. Our plans can never be set in stone. Sometimes an event takes us down a route of happiness and sometimes it is one of great sorrow. A chance encounter might, in time, lead to marriage. Together, happily ever after. And then again, a slip on ice might lead to a broken leg and loss of mobility. What we thought lay ahead, good or bad, the plans we had are changed. Things often are not what we expect. They become different. The passage today speaks to us of the birth of Jesus through the story of Joseph and his need to change his plans. Now, Joseph is the character in the nativity play that doesn't necessarily get many lines. Mary does, the angel does, the shepherds do. Come, let's go to Bethlehem. The Magi and Herod have a conversation. That's assuming Herod gets included in the story. But there's nothing that's put into quotes, that this is what he said. He says that he names Jesus, but that itself is not put in a speech bubble out of Joseph's mouth directly. He often comes across simply as the significant other the one that's put there next to Mary. He's the one that tries to step back, but then steps forward. The name Joseph is familiar to us from the Old Testament, where there's a number of characters that have that name. But the first and best known is, of course, the dreamer son 
of Jacob and Rachel. In that story, where after many years and other wives of Jacob giving birth, Rachel has a son and names him Joseph, which has the Hebrew meaning, he will add. He will add. That's not saying that Joseph of the coloured coat fame would be a great mathematician or count up the pharaoh's crops to save a country from famine. The he is not the child that has been born, but the he is God. And the ad is Rachel's trust that Joseph is not going to be an only son for her, but another will be born. And that trust comes true in the birth of Benjamin. But of course, that birth also has the sorrow of Rachel's maternal death. Joseph's name, therefore, is one of faithfully trusting that God will give a son. And the reality that we find in this passage is that God gives the world his only son, a son conceived by the Holy Spirit in Mary. Now, Joseph has a plan for his life, and it's all set out there. It's ready to go. It's coming to fruition. He's got his job. That's in order. He's got a future wife that he is betrothed to. Now that betrothal is a a process more formal than engagement that we would understand. It's much more like marriage and it usually lasted a year. But he becomes aware that she is pregnant and he knows that he is not the father. In his mind, the plan has to change. It has to change. He loves her. He wanted to be with her forever. And yet something feels wrong. Something has changed. And so his plan must change. And divorce is to him the answer which would take place following the same process as if that had been a marriage that had been in place for many years. And he seeks to do it quietly. How easy that would be might be a bit of a challenge in a small village, but that's his intention. Because Joseph loves Mary. One might have expected Joseph to have been bitter, to want to see her humiliated, for surely her pregnancy is humiliating to him. But God's love 
causes us to act not in the way of the world that often seeks pain in the other, but to see others always blessed. If we seek God's way, we would still want to see justice done when our plans and dreams are shaken by somebody else, by another. But justice is not vindictive and requires us to continue to love, though with a changed relationship due to the separation that the other has introduced into our world. Joseph's plan of marriage, therefore, becomes replaced with a new plan, that of divorce. But then the messenger comes in a dream. Angels in nativity plays, I think we had at Stepping Stones this week, or as we'll see in the crib service on Saturday, they tend to look cute in their white sheet poncho, don't they? And with their, their tinsel halo and their, their, their wings that kind of stick out the back and are a bit awkward. Even a toddler who might sometimes be a little terror can look as if butter wouldn't melt in their mouth when they get into that angel costume. But there is a reason that Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and the shepherds outside Bethlehem, and the women in the empty tomb all hear the words, do not be afraid. Because the angels, the messengers from God, are not necessarily so cute. We might say, oh, what a little cherub. But what does a cherub actually look like? In Numbers 22, there's the story of Balaam's donkey. And the donkey won't walk down the road any further. Not because it's stubborn, but due to the angel that stood in the path with a sword already drawn ready to kill the donkey's owner if the donkey goes any further. Angels are scary. They tend to come suddenly. They disrupt life. They speak with a direct authority of God, more so even than a prophet. And as a result, they change people's understandings and change their plans. An angel comes to Joseph. And he has to change things. Joseph had a plan. He had a revised plan. And now he has to change it again. So that it will align with the will of God. A man of faith, he did not realize his earlier ideas were not quite in the right place. He needed redirection. And the same may be true for us. Just because we think we're doing what's right, 
Just because we think we're following the will of God, it doesn't necessarily mean that we are. And so in all things, be it in our workplace, in our personal life, in our approach to church, in our relationship with other people at church, in everything that we do, we always need to be open to God wanting us to see and hear things in a way that is not how we imagined it to be. We need to be open to being proved wrong, which is not something we like necessarily. And then we need to be open to set off in a new direction. For 700 years or so, God's people had been waiting for the Messiah. And the, the passage of Isaiah, however, that, that speaks of Emmanuel is not, or at least was not considered to be by many a promise of Messiah. But was speaking into the time of their coming exile, with Israel being the young woman and her son being the faithful remnant. But Matthew reinterprets it in the light of the gift of Jesus. What is most significant, though, is perhaps not the message of the virgin conception, but that God is with us. The remnant understood God was with them. But that was in the way of the old covenant promise that had been made to Abraham. You will be my people and I will be your God. I thought of, oh, God is with us. In the sense that God is with us and he's not with them people over there. You know, them folk. No, they don't have God. We've got God. But in the birth of Jesus, the one of God who saves, we have the actuality of the Emmanuel, the physical presence of God, made flesh and bone and humanly alive. This is the promise made real in the dream. And it's not for a select few. It's not a case of, God is with us, but God is with us. He came for the whole fallen world, that all of us might enter new relationship. Anyone who changes the path of their life, anyone that takes their old plan and throws it out the window and chooses the new plan, that comes with the coming of God, making Jesus the Lord 
will have their sins forgiven and receive the promise of eternity. Now that doesn't mean to say everything's now got to run smoothly. And we know that things don't run smoothly for Joseph and for Mary and for that holy family. They face new challenges. But it does mean we need to put perspective on the things that are not how we imagine them to be. We always have to say, what is the bigger picture? What is God's will? How do we begin to do the new thing that sees the kingdom grow? We might think that Joseph, with no actual words, is not much of a character in the script. But his naming of Jesus is taking a degree of ownership of the situation. Because of Joseph's ancestry, it identifies our Lord in the line of David. And it is because of Joseph having another vision of an angel that the Holy Family escape the slaughter of the innocents. His part is not that of Mary. But we are all unique individuals. Each of us known and loved by God. Joseph might sometimes be seen as Mary's significant other. But we can see that we all need to find our place in the plan that God is bringing forth. Because the story doesn't end in Bethlehem. And the story doesn't end at Calvary. And the story doesn't end at the empty tomb. And the story has not yet ended. And we all have a part to play. So let us seek what that part is. Let us try and determine where we fit in with God's plan. Until that day when we see that plan of God come to fullness. And Christ comes again. Amen.